Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. If you're just joining us, you are right on Time. And I'd like you to share this link right now because we're about to get into our feature for today. You just saw a little bit about it. I saw people in the, in the live audience going, oh, Kentaro, because they've known the product and not known the little girl behind this product who is joining us today. We bring you stories every single week of business people, kingdom business people running kingdom businesses. They share their journeys. They inspire us. And I'm going to ask you to be very active today. Remember, you are free to ask questions and engage throughout. We'll be looking at your questions and engagement throughout the time that we are together. And we'll ask some of them as you ask them. But right now, I'd like you to help me make welcome Charlene Kentaro or Tim. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the person behind Kentaro products for the natural hair people, the movement. You've used these products there in your bathroom and maybe you did not know the person. So finally, today you get to see the person and the amazing story behind uh, the journey of Kentaro. So welcome, Charlene. Thank you so much, B3. It's really nice to have you here. It's great to be here. Uh, so when I looked, when I met Charlene, today was the first time I met her. And my first question to her was, is that your hair? <laughs> if you're a woman, you know that that's a question we ask each other. The men are like, wow, isn't that like rude? No. So for women, it's always your hair. Either you bought it or it grows on your head. It's yours, you know? <laughs> yeah, you paid for it, but this one grows on her head and it's such beautiful hair. Thank Charlene, you. I'd like you to start by telling us a little bit about, not a little bit, tell us your journey. Wh how did you, like the whole, is this the first business you, you, you got yourself into? Where did this whole thing start from, your business journey generally? Okay. Um, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone at home. Um, yes, this is my first business. I never ever thought that I'd start a business. I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur ever. I studied law. <laughs> I, yes. I, yeah. uh, I, I got into um, legal research briefly. I always thought I was one of those people who was going to live in an office like nine to five and go home. Yeah. Um, but uh, a few years ago, maybe about eight years ago, Yes, eight years ago. I had relaxed hair for most of my adult life. And then I started to see a lot of people, especially in the US, were growing their natural hair. And it looked really nice. Mm. Like it was curly. I was like, is this how our African hair like grows out of our heads? I went to a, a, a secondary school where you had to cut your hair off. Oh, man. So, yeah, you know that journey is straight, <laughs> straight out of Essex. You relax the Kalito hair you have on your head and then you move. Um, but then, um, yeah, so, I, I, so I'd never seen really what my natural hair could do. So I got curious and I thought, you know, let me start. But then I couldn't find the kind of products that I was seeing on YouTube, yeah. the ones that make your hair soft and bouncy and curly. So I was, um, I was stuck. 
So I started to do my research. I've always liked to read and do research. Yeah, so legal research. <laughs> yeah. Get it? So, <laughs> so I stumbled on this thing called Shea Butter, which I did not, I had never experienced it in, you know, in my life. Hmm. Maybe by, I don't know, maybe like a car product here and there. So I found out that this thing actually grows in Uganda. Yes. We are one of the very few countries in Uganda, in the world, that have Shea Butter. So I started to play, I bought some, I started to play around with it and really made our first product, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I liked. I, my hair loved it actually, mm. really liked it. So I started to give it out to friends and family for free until my now husband said, but this thing is working for you. Like, why don't you sell it? For him, he's like, a business we person. We thank God for that man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. So he um, encouraged me to start, you know, selling it. And, um, and I did. And that's how Kentaro Handmade Organics was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I love these stories because what I'm hearing is here you are, you have a mini crisis. You want to do something. You don't have a product. And you think to yourself, let me try out something. So maybe, I think what I want to ask is, how did that journey begin? You, re, you went on YouTube and researched and then put together something. Where did you begin um, your production? Yeah. Your production yeah. of these products? <laughs> and then what happens? Why did it... What, how, what led, I mean, it's one thing to sell to a few friends and family. Mm -hmm. It's another to now start branding, packaging. What happens after that? Like, First of all, where did you start doing your production? Um, did you have some factory or a relative with a factory? Then, you know, they, they put, took you on. What, where does this journey, what, where, take us to, like, that space when you decide to now start selling? So the journey of production began in my parents' kitchen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bought uh, a hand mixer. Um, yes, I did quite a bit of reading. It wasn't just YouTube. It was... What is, what is shea butter? What goes into it? Um, I had gone to, to Gulu for the work that I was, the other work that I was doing at the time and um, just kind of spoke to a few of the women there. Just in passing, I never really thought, at that time I didn't think that I would do it seriously. But um, a few months down the road, I started to, um, to hand mix this thing for myself and then like I said, to give it out and everything. Um, when we started to sell, um, I was making the... So I bought a few containers from a place in Luzira called Afroplast. I made the labels myself, <laughs> got into the computer, designed a something, had a guy on Nasarod print them out and then stuck them on the jars and started to... I, hoped, I would hop on borders. Like if people would call me or Facebook me, I would get on a border and deliver it myself. I always knew that I wanted to meet my initial customers myself ah. and just be like, okay, this is, this is Patricia, this is Lydia, you know? Like I, like I know them by, by face. So, um, but then these women started to ask me for other things. Yep. So <laughs> they're like, okay, so now your butter has worked really well for myself, for my daughter, give me shampoo. Give me conditioner. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know how to make these things. Um, so that's that's when I guess it started to get really serious. Um, we formalized the the business in 2015, end of 2015. Having and begun in 2014. Having begun in 2014. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and we, I approached uh, the Uganda Industrial Research Institute, Yuri, in Nakawa. And in my head, I had this idea that we were going to get a huge space there, move out of the kitchen, um, you know, they would give me a team, quick, I don't even know. So, <laughs> a team? Yeah, you know, they would give me a team. Didn't quite work out like that. They did not have the space for us. Um, but we, but we were, they were kind enough to offer us technical support. Um, I think they were really encouraged by the fact that we had started, I had actually attempted to make a conditioner myself mm. at the time. Um, so those are the samples that I took to the executive director and he's like, okay, since you've begun and you have a market, at least we will give you technical support. So they gave us a cosmetic chemist wow. who, yeah, she really knows her stuff. So she then taught us how to make conditioners, how to make um, shampoos. So what we would do is we would buy our ingredients, carry them to Yuri, make the things from there, do some of the packaging and then carry back home and then... Um, label, seal, and sell. Yeah. But at, at which point are you doing this, Doshalin? Because you had a job. <laughs> yeah. So did you quit your job and then start to follow the dream? I tried to do both for a while. I tried to do both, but I think I don't, this, this was not something that I thought I would do from my childhood, like I said. Yeah. I had no particular interest in hair until I really started to explore it for myself. But I'm telling you, when, I, when the passion began, it just, it took over. Mm. Like I would work um, basically nine to five and then go, like I literally could not wait to go home <laughs> and mix my things. <laughs> I would, like every chance that I would get, I was doing my own like research on the side. Um, so eventually I, I felt like I was cheating the people that I was working for. Yeah. Yeah, because my heart really was not there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, I, I resigned. Eventually I said, you know what, I can't continue to do both. It's not that the business was really giving me that much money. It really wasn't actually. Because um, everything that I would get from sales, I would put back into, into the business. Production, yeah. Um, yeah, but it was more of just following a passion of this is really, it has taken over like my thoughts and everything. So let me follow it and see where it goes. Yeah. And, and what were your parents? How were they responding to this? <laughs> Their legal researcher who has woken up and she's now mixing strange things yeah. and basically, yeah, chemicals. Yeah. in their kitchen and she has now moved co out a few things what's going on with your parents how what was their response yeah. to this joy you were carrying and passion at the time <laughs> they thought i was mad of course yeah. <laughs> long story short i have no my parents really really love us they've always supported us but they're your typical african parents like my dad was like but you studied law yeah. like what are you what are you doing i would legit like I would be labeling um, products, jars and bottles until like maybe midnight. Yeah. So when you would wake up to like maybe get a <laughs> glass of water, I'd be like, why are you still, like go to sleep. You have to work in the morning. I'd be like, I'm about to finish. I'm about to finish. Just, you know. Um, I, and I guess he, he thought, you know, this is something she's going to do as a hobby, yeah. but she will eventually go Outgrow back to, yeah, yeah, exactly. So up until mm, maybe last year, he would ask me periodically. Until last year? Yes. He would ask me, but are you making money? Are, you, are people paying you? And I'd be like, 
Yes, they are. Really. <laughs> I mean, really. Like, yes. Um, so, yes, they thought I was crazy, but I guess my mom is, is a business um, person. She's actually a serial entrepreneur. So I guess for her, she thought, okay, let's just allow her to do this thing and we see where it goes. So, yeah, been blessed to have parents like that. Yes, yeah. yes, we really thank God for that. So then tell me, earlier on, one of the interesting things that I... I tell us about pricing the product. Because this is a person who, you, you know, you're excited that the people love the product, it's helping you, you're happy to help other people, the passion is growing, you've put a price on this thing. How did you uh, arrive at this price and how did it uh, start to, to, to affect the business? Um, so, I, like I said, I don't have a legal, but I'm sorry, I don't have a business background. I am a, a legal ego. Um, and I, I didn't really know what goes into pricing a product. <laughs> it's not something that we were taught in school. Um, and so when we had our initial product, which was the butters, I kind of, I didn't even really have anything to benchmark it on because at that time, this is 2014, 2015, there weren't that much many people doing what we were trying to do. A lot of the things on the market were imported. It's not the same thing as manufacturing your own thing. So I was like, how do I even price the time that I'm putting into? How do I price my skill? Um, how do I price... It? Basically, I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> so I guessed at a price. I was like, this kabata, we're going to sell it for 25000 because that sounds... Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's what we went with. And that's the price that stuck with us for um, the next three, four years. Wow. So, yeah. So now, of course, people are liking the product. We're, they're asking us, where can we find you? Um, 2016, we um, opened our own store in yeah. Kisementi. Yeah. And then we started to also try to get into supermarkets and beauty shops. And they were very receptive to what we were doing because people had started to ask them, do you stock Kentaro? Do you stock Kentaro? And they were like, oh, so you're the people they've been asking for. Ah. Come, 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 come. And so they, we, were, we were in there. And then, um, of course, now we are growing. We have rent to pay. We've gotten people on board. We have salaries. So we are a bigger outfit than yes. we were in the beginning when it was just me who was even happy not to take a salary initially. <laughs> um, and then I started to think, okay, so we're making sales. People love the product, but there's no money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, this was um, 2018. This is how many years on? Three years later. Three years later. <laughs> um, there's, I mean, there was some money. We were not like, but we could just, we were just paying the rent. We were just paying salaries. Um, there were many months when I was like, okay, me, myself, I will, I'll survive on over <laughs> God's grace, I guess, <laughs> yeah. and, and my husband's money. Um, <laughs> but we were, I think 2018 is when we really realized, okay, listen, this is a legit business and we need to treat it that way. So we had to pause mm -hmm. and rework the pricing and figure out, okay, what is going into this thing? Are we still pricing the shea butter at what we were? Because we, I had a working document. Mm. But you know, you, life have, you don't update the things. So maybe the price that I was getting at the shea butter at, at, in 2014 had since changed, obviously. 
those were just some of our growing pains. So we had to, yeah, we really had to pause and say... When you say you had to pause, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean we had to stop supplying. Yeah. Yeah. We had to stop supplying the beauty shops, the supermarkets, and say something is not working for us. We are, I was, we were literally working to put money in other people's pockets because hmm. the commissions that we were giving out, the, the um, discounts we were giving out, were working great for the supermarkets and now, you know, and everyone else except us. Hmm. Um, yeah, so we said, this is uh, August 20, yeah, August 2018. We paused, we went back, we reworked for some few months and then beginning of 2019, we went back with a different price list and said, this is what we have for you now. Mm -hmm. Some people who I guess had recognized our value, we said, okay, fine, we will take you back. Other people, some pharmacies dropped off and they were like, this is too much, you know? If you're selling to me at um, 25,000, I need to put a markup of maybe 15,000. This thing is not going to move. So, wow. yeah we are out. So it was tough. Of course. 2019 was tough. Mm. Um, but we said, you know, let's, let's go with who we are going with. And fortunately, other newer people also came on board. Yes. Um, especially online. So Jumia and some other online um, markets came on board. And, and we, yeah. You we started to recover, it. yeah? We started to recover, yeah. yeah. Was that the only pause you had to make? Because earlier on, you, because now we talk about the journey from, and, and I like this part of your story because there's a business person out there watching who has probably made the same, you know, mistakes that, that, that you're talking about. I told you earlier, my journey as well, that I, I, I started, I sort of stumbled upon a business during the lockdown, yeah. and I also picked a price from the sky. I was like, hmm. Yeah, this sounds good. People will be happy to pay this price. And having to now re rework it and start working on now repricing and, and, and coming up with, you know, a new price this, this coming month. And, and, and laughing and saying, it's not just me. You know, there's, there's probably someone out there also who is in that space right now and you're worried that, my, will I still have a business if I bring the true price on the market or should I continue to make losses? And we're saying, from your story, I'm hearing that you can pause you know, and, and, yeah. and, be, and start again, like trust that the product is good enough yeah. to get people who are willing to pay the price. But yeah. then let's talk about, because you started in your parents' kitchen. You're not, yeah. you're not still, you, are, you didn't stay in your parents' no. kitchen. Yeah. So I had tell us about moving the production yeah. and then, and, and also then this year, some of the, the times that you've had to pull back for growth to happen. Um, so yes, we of course we started in the parents' kitchen. We have since gotten married. <laughs> um, we look, we we found a space. Um, we were fortunate to find a space um, in industrial area, inside the Peacock Paints building. It was a really large space, um, and, and we were so excited at the time. You know, our very first workshop. So between parents' kitchen and industrial area, we were working from Yuri. So at that for like. Two years, we didn't really need to have a series. We, we needed just enough space to, to pack the product and label and then sell. So Yuri was such a godsend for yeah. us, yeah. Um, but then we outgrew it, thankfully, you know. <laughs> um, we outgrew it. We, 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 we were not, we, they couldn't match the capacity that we, 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 we had to, 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 to produce, produce, exactly. Yeah. 
So we, um, we found a working space in industrial area and um, that was working for us great for about a, a year. But you see, at, this was happening at the same time that, that we were reworking the pricing. <laughs> yeah. So we are paying rent in Kisimenti, we're paying rent in industrial area, we're paying salaries, and it all got too much. And um, beginning of this year, that was um, a decision, another decision we had to take where we were like, you know what, this place is fantastic. We actually got it at a really good price for the amount of space that we had. It was more than we needed. Um, but because of everything that, we were, that was happening um, with the finances, we said, you know what, let's find a space that we can, that we don't really have to pay that much for. Um, there were other considerations, the fuel, to go you know, back and forth, um, lunch, you know, these little, little things yes. actually add up. Um, so we, my husband and I took the decision to find a space where we could live, but also work from home. Mm -hmm. And that worked great for us, because we have two kids, one is six months, she arrived this year. <laughs> so, so beginning of this year, we found, yeah, beginning of this year, we found a space that we could, where we could work from home, essentially, and that's what we've been doing. So we have a, a workshop um, within, you know, the same compound, and it has worked great for us, yeah. So I was, I was initially, I was worried, of mm -hmm. course, um, with everything, even the, the pricing, I was worried, because I was like, exactly what you said, people are going to people are going to refuse our product. It's going to be too expensive for people. Um, but we pray about these things and, yes. and we, we serve a faithful God and the things work out eventually. Yes. yes. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and I, I love, I think what I like about your story and your journey is that it's an encouragement for the person out there who has made a mistake or two or yeah. three or five and, <laughs> yes. and maybe or ten and you're probably like how do I retrace my steps and get back in the game yeah. and, and, and from what we're hearing now is it's possible like have an abundance mentality yeah. that there's more there's more market out there the only market you have is not the, the only one that you have right now and you can't continue cheating yourself yeah. because you're worried about but also to know when Maybe you're eating into the business, like yeah. now saying this space is too big for us, it's comfortable, it's great, but we're not ready for this for move right yeah. now and to be able to step back so that you can go forward. Yes. And I, I really, I find that a very powerful part of your journey. So, now let's talk, when I look at your products, first of all, these products are in my home and they're in homes of like all my relatives. <laughs> but um, let's talk about the handmade organics. Yeah. Because someone has been asking, and we asked you that, that earlier, are you exporting yet yeah. beyond Uganda? Let's talk about that <laughs> and then get into the what next for yeah. Kintaro. Yeah. So that was another growing pains. We, um, of course, when you're online, um, it's so much easier now for people, someone in Kigali to find you and say, oh, are you, can I find you in Kigali? Can I find you in Nairobi? Yes. And I think those questions kind of, they made us rush to try and get the products into these countries, but yo, it was, it was crazy because we, we tried to get things um, onto a bus and into, now, we've, now for Burundi, for example, and for Nairobi, we were fortunate enough to get people who were interested enough to actually come to Kampala 
try and pick the products and then go. Yeah. So we had this lady who was coming to pick from us um, samples and then take them to Burundi. And people actually liked the things. But getting the things across the border was such a hassle. They would literally get our stuff off the bus, throw it into, by the time they would arrive, eh, they were, the labels were falling off, the products had been opened, poured out, stolen. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. So that was another thing where we had to kind of pull back and say, you know what, let's do this thing where we can, when we are ready, when we can actually put these things on a plane um, and we know that they're going to arrive, you know, safely, um, intact. Um, Nairobi, we have um, a, a, a gentleman who actually comes here to Kampala. He buys in bulk and then he moves with them. So I think Nairobi is the only one where it has kind of worked out because of his arrangement. Yes. Um, so we are, we tried to export, we got beaten, kind of pulled back, <laughs> but we are hoping to, at least in the next two to three years, to really seriously get into those markets. Yes, as yeah. you build the system. So exactly. as you get into those, because one of the things, you know, that I, I, you notice about the product after the Kentaro name is Handmade Organics. Yeah. So let's talk about handmade, and yet you want to get into Africa and beyond, yeah. which means more production. Yeah. What are the dreams, first of all? Where do you see Kentaro? What's the future? What does the future look like? And what are some of the changes you see that you're probably going to have to make to be able to catch up with that future that you are seeing and, and the vision that you see in your heart yeah. as the person who bears the vision for these uh, products? Yeah. So, um, of course, the way we started and where we are now is night and day. So, it's, it, um, I didn't, when we started, I didn't really see that we would... I didn't know. I had no clue that we would be received in this way and we would grow so quickly. Um, so obviously trying to get into the rest of Uganda even and beyond means that we can't be sticking these labels on by hand anymore. Uh, yeah. We are, the, the, the dream for this year um, had actually been to really get our, our automation on board, get our, you know, get our machines in. Corona happened, that didn't really work. Um, but we, we're still, we're moving still. Um, beginning of, of next year, we want to get our machines in. And um, yeah, and hopefully, I don't know, maybe we'll have to change the brand name to Kentaro Organics, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, we would really like to have, to be more automated, to, to have our, our systems work better for us. Because our business is supposed to work for you. It's not, yeah. All right, thank you. So let's talk about the products. How many products yeah. are you producing right now? Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about, because there are people maybe who actually uh, are wondering, what do you yeah. provide? True. Um, yeah, tell us about the products. Um, so the way that I started um, pushed me to, to, to provide a solution that was homegrown, as in these things are sourced locally, but they are also not toxic, as in you can safely put them on your hair and your skin and you don't have to worry about harmful synthetics, but also affordable. Um, those are the three things that we were tr really trying to provide. Yes. So affordable, non-toxic ingredients that actually work, that they are you know, high performance. Um, 
and that's that has always kind of been our guiding point. So we um, we started with with two ranges for adults. We try to to work backwards. So a lot of when people were coming to us in the beginning, they were saying, you know, my hair is not growing, it's stunted, or I'm suffering with dandruff, um, I have this scalp issue, and that's how we kind of started to formulate the products. We yeah. said, you know, what can we use locally that is actually fantastic for, you know, for dandruff or for hair that is not growing or, and you wouldn't believe it, but we actually have such a great resource in Uganda, like yeah. the plant-based ingredients that we find, it's ridiculous. So um, we started a, an anti-breakage line that really focuses on hibiscus and rosemary, and these things are so great for like growing the hair. <laughs> and then we, we focused on an anti-dandruff line that uses peppermint, um, tea tree oil, and you know just try to incorporate these things into a shampoo. Um, or into a conditioner, into a hair oil, and that's kind of how we came up with the ranges. Um, for the kids' products, we knew we wanted something that will make a mother's job easy. Like, mothers will testify about <laughs> washing their kids' hair. You want something that you're going to put, pa pa pa, and you're out of the bathroom. Yeah, so even, <laughs> yeah, and that is also fun, you know? So when we were doing the kids' range, we also tried to look for things that you know, will make the kids' hair soft, it detangles quickly and easily. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of how we do, we do our thing. So right now we have um, four ranges, um, two for adults, anti-breakage, anti-dandruff, um, one for braid care. So this is our braid spray and a scalp serum. And then we have one for children that has a detangler, a kid's shampoo, our kids' shampoo is actually the first um, locally made two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Woohoo! So you wash, you condition, you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what we have. Yeah. Those are thirteen. Those are thirteen products. products. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Seriously, that's amazing. I'm going to ask you one one last question, yeah. Charlene. On your business journey, what, have, what, has, what would you say, maybe two th or three things that you say, I have learned these things. I, you feel like these things are important for someone who is starting out or is running a business. From your experience, what would you say, for me, these three things are really critical um, and that they would help a business person as they continue on their journey. What, what are those two or three things you would say? Um, look at the numbers. Yes. I you guys, I fear numbers. As in, <laughs> I'm such a, an, an arts person. Eh? I was like, I'm going to ignore these things. But it was a little like a monster there growing in the closet, you know. Just, and that really hurt us. The fact that I tried to ignore the numbers for as long as possible. Thankfully, the husband is a numbers guy. Like Thank he's an accountant, Jesus. and he kept he kept no, he kept nudging us. He was like, "You guys, you need to look at these things, you know." And we're like, "Are you first, first leave?" You yeah, know, we are enjoying People like the things. The things are in supermarkets. You leave us. Oh Lord! Um, but look at the numbers. Don't be afraid to go back. Figure out what's not working. Change what you need to change because there's nothing worse than waking up in the morning for a business that you know you're working and but you're not enjoying it. You're not enjoying the the, the fruits of it. So don't be afraid to approach someone who is, who is better with the things than you. And um, yeah, and just figure out what's, you know, if it's not working, what's not working and just move from there. I think that's, 
that's pretty yeah that's one of the biggest lessons we've learned um the other thing of course is working from a point of passion yes um that has really been able to carry us through so many of these challenges the fact that i was able to say okay you know what even if i'm going to take like 300k this month it's okay mm. because i enjoy what i'm doing um yeah so just just keep your eye on on why you started on the why but also don't let that you know don't get carried away with that part <laughs> at the end of the day your business has to work it's a business <laughs> oh my goodness shalene thank you so much <laughs> As, as you can see, people, um, people want to know how many people you employ. Don't worry, you're going to get some answers. But people are saying how they love your products. Your products thank have helped you. them. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, you know. So thank you. You are you are solving a problem. You are meeting a need. You are changing lives of people and women. And our hair, <laughs> even the Bible recognizes that it is the glory of a woman. Yeah. Come on. So you're taking care of something really important because then you make our lives easier. So thank you for sharing your passion, your skill with us. And right now, I'd like you to help me welcome the person who leads Business Garage at Worship Harvest, Mr. Chris Kowesa, as he takes it to another level. Thank you, Pastor B3. Uh, Shalin, thanks so much. Your story is Thank wonderful you. and very inspiring because of many things, and we'll share some of them. I just saw a little girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lawyer turned manufacturer. Yeah. You know? I think the second story we're hearing of a lawyer girl, and yeah. these are all small yeah. people yeah. going into different kinds of business. So that's yeah. a very good story. Thank you must you. have looked for your chemistry friends. I looked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I like your story. Uh, you're a young girl who has gone into a field that you didn't know about. Mm, yeah. And you've clearly and consistently talked about pausing. Yes. Yeah? You've paused, and that's a very difficult thing for business people. Pausing to take stock, yeah. to know where am, I go, where am I now, where did I come from, but what am I doing, what are the mistakes I'm doing? And it's a very, very, very powerful tool for leaders. Yeah. yeah? So just tell us, because you, you did it first uh, when, you, uh, when you, you had your pricing wrong. Mm -hmm. You did it again when you had moved into a place to rent to manufacture from there. Yeah. You also, I had the third time when you stopped uh, exporting. Yes. Yeah. And making such decisions <laughs> as business leaders when you're out there alone, it's difficult. Yes. But I've heard about your husband who yeah. helped you. <laughs> what do you have around, who is your, what's your support system yeah. Yeah. in making those difficult decisions? Yeah. Uh, do you have a board? Do you have uh, partners? Do you go to mentors? Do you have business partners? Because when you make such a decision alone, yeah. When you're going through it, it's difficult. Yeah. Tell us, how do you make such decisions and with whom? Um, yeah, so I do, I have a great support system. Um, one, of course, I mentioned the husband. Um, but of course, before even he comes in, there's God. We, I, it's, Panange, I, <laughs> I don't know how non-Christian business people work because this thing is hard <laughs> but we have to it, it every every decision for me begins with praying even when i don't realize it um there have been times when it was just like a wish that i would have in my heart not really like an outright prayer but before you know it you realize but this is something that i used to think about in my mind and i would kind of pray about it but not really um i did a course um called it's given by an institute called the Business Development Center. They used to be at Forest Mall. I don't know if they are still there, but it's basically like basic kingdom um, principles for business. And I've 
tried to keep in touch with the people that you know um, did the, the classes there. That has also been a really great support system for me. Um, when I, I last approached them about a year ago, when again, when we were still struggling with some of these things. And they just make time to kind of sit with you like over a cup of coffee and say, okay, you know what? Just recognize that you've done something wrong and go back to the drawing board and try to. So that, that those have also really been great mentors for me. They themselves are business people, so they get it. Uh, my family, of course, uh, my sisters, um, my parents, like I mentioned. Um, I have a couple of friends as well who are also doing business, beauty, in the beauty industry as well. So it's always great to like go back and catch up with them and say, you know, what's not working for you? And, you know, how are you doing, you know, making sense of this thing? So that's, yeah, that's my support system. Thank yeah. you. So uh, business people out there, get a support system. Yeah. People you can who can hold your shoulder until you look. Let's, don't, don't, let's cry together through this, yeah? yeah. Uh, a friend of mine told me that any business that has to do anything with a woman's face will sell. <laughs> yeah? I'm yeah. going to investigate if my wife and daughter are using your products. And if they are not, I will ensure that they are. But you talked about your pricing. Yeah. yeah? What was the difference between, I know you lost some, some of the, your, your, your customers, customers in terms of places where you sell from, your distributors, yeah? yeah? Mm. And you talked about your distribution journey. But you moved from uh, a price from one price to another. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about the organic things there. Organic things are deemed to be expensive, mm, more yes. expensive. Mm. You spend a little more, but then for a good product. And why I like your product, there's no, there's nothing hazardous about it. Unlike yeah. many of the products on the market. Exactly. Yeah? Tell us about that story. Uh, you have organic products, but then you, they are, they are affordable. Yes. The journey from the the, the change in price. Mm. Uh, when you went back to your customers, some rejected you. Yeah. How was that? That that journey. Um. Yeah, I, I think that you, you really um, articulated what my fear was, you know, because we have, I mean, when we say that we have put shea butter in a conditioner, for example, it's not 1%, you guys, it's like 40%. Yeah. Of, and I think that's why they're so effective on the hair, because we are not, we are not trying to be stingy with the things that, the ingredients that work. Um, so that was, it's always been difficult for us to strike that balance between not charging, I mean, 150K for a shampoo, trying to make it as affordable as possible and yet also high performance, also delivering, you know, and knowing that if we, if we tell you that we've put X ingredient in here, you, can, you will know that it's not less than 25% what we're putting in the formula. Um, so I think that, that, was, that was where the challenge came in for us, trying to balance. And so when I say, I mean, affordability, I guess, is relative. But our, <laughs> yeah, but our price range is between um, 32,000 for the shampoo. Now these are factory prices. 32,000 for the shampoo, um, all the way down to 12,000 for the braid spray. So we really, we're trying. <laughs> yeah, we're trying. As Pastor Bithri looks out for some questions, I uh, will ask you the second, my second last question. Mm. Uh, Capito, how did you raise the money uh, yeah. to start, yeah. but also to sustain this business, even when you are making losses yeah. up to date? Um, I started by putting my savings, which were really not that much. I hadn't been working for very long. It was, I'd been working for two years, the most. So the Kalito money that I had, but thankfully at the time I wasn't married, no kids, living with our parents. I really didn't have much to spend on. So I put everything that I had, I put into the business. 
Um, I received um, money from my husband as well. We were not married at the time, um, but he was still giving money for the business. He was, he really, really, he Kudos believed to the husband. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Tim. Last week we had the wife, now it's the husband. Yes. Yeah? yes. He, re- he really, really believed in this thing. I think even before I did. Um, my siblings as well um, put some money in there, my parents, um, and I tried to be as faithful a steward as I could be with that money. So everything that they were giving, I was putting into either importing, because some of the, the things are imported, the packaging, for example, some of the essential oils are just not available locally. We try as much as possible to source locally, but where we can't, um, and we know that this is a better ingredient than what we could get locally, we have to import it. So that's, that's basically what the money was going into. We haven't taken a loan. Um, it's all been, yeah. Uh, I fear lo- I fear loans. Continue <laughs> to fear continue, them. Please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't um, we haven't taken any loans. We haven't really taken any serious um, amount of capital. It's all been organic growth in terms of whatever we are getting from customers. We are going to put back into that business. And yeah. Wow. So, Charlene, I have two more questions for you from the online audience. One, someone is asking, I'm in Jinja, how do I get these wonderful products? There are lots of people asking where they can get the product, so that's one of them. The other question um, is, one is about, would you sell your conditioners, shampoos and butters in huge quantities, like five kgs uh, or five liters? And lastly, are the products only for natural hair? Um, so you can, so I mentioned that we had a physical store in Kisementi. We closed that at the beginning of the year to go online, and I thank God for that because shortly after we did that, COVID happened. Yes. <laughs> um, and so we're selling online now, which is great. Um, so you can just look for Kentaro Handmade Organics on Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Twitter, and you'll find us, and you can place an order with us there. But you can also find us in um, supermarkets. I cannot list all of them. No. <laughs> there are that many by the grace of God but the major ones um, Capital Shoppers ShopRite um, Master Supermarket um, Seven Hills that's in Chanja and then on our side of Bugolobi um, Bugolobi Mbuya Muyenga there's TMT there's Italian um, yeah there's Echo Farm Banange. You no, can get I, in touch yeah. and get the information, we, yeah, really. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, We can supersize our products 100%. We sell to salons as well. Yes. So typically for salons, we'll sell in 2 kilograms, 5 kilograms. So yes, we do that. Um, whoever wants that can just approach me and I will do that. And then they are not just for natural hair. Although that is our target market, because those are the people who at the time we're really struggling to find products. Um, and there's not a lot of Afro-textured products like on the market for us, for Africans. Um, but if you have relaxed hair, yes, some of the products will also work for you. The shampoos, the treatments, they'll also work for relaxed hair. And even for men, yes. Yeah. Even the shampoos yeah. work. <laughs> hey, I hope I need Mr. something Kawesa. for my hair. Y- yeah. Well, as, as we close, uh, <laughs> I just want to encourage uh, people out there. One, the reason we come to Business Garage, or we have Business Garage, is to encourage business people out there. We have a responsibility as business leaders to move our nation forward. Yeah. Now, when you hear stories like Charlene's, uh, a small-scale industry, more or less, 
we hope in 20 years you'll be a big manufacturer. Yes. Yes. We are yes. sure it will be the case. Yes. But most of these nations have grown up on small scale industries. Yes. Countries like China, Japan, that's how they've thrived. They started from here. Yes. Yeah? Now what is happening to, to a lot here is we're importing a lot of the things yeah. we need. Yeah? And what that does to our economy, we send out money. The balance of trade for Uganda is about 3 billion US dollars. Oh. That's a lot of money we are sending out there as opposed to us doing our own things here locally, like what she's doing. So we celebrate this story because yes. if we have many of these, we'll change the story of our country. We'll yes. employ jobs, we'll pay taxes here, and do many more things. So, Shalim, thank you so much. Thank you. And may God help you thrive in that business to <laughs> a greater height. So yeah. Thank you. Wow, Shalim, thank you. We celebrate you. You guys are asking how many people are employed. They employ five people right now. Yes, that's right. That's a team of five and growing. Yes. So we celebrate you. We pray that it's, you're going to increase more and more. May you become a nation within Thank a nation, Shalin. Thank you so much. May God enlarge your territory. We are so proud of you um, and of what you're doing for this nation to move our economy forward. It is businesses like that indeed. Friends, thank you for joining us. And look, if you have never met Jesus Christ, Lord of your life, this is the moment. I'd like you to just take a moment because without him, all this is not possible. I'd like you to take a moment and just say this simple prayer after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Take my life and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are born again. It's as simple as that. Please let us know on our social media platforms or the number that is running on your screen very briefly, 0775-642449. We would like to help you make sense of what has happened today. Again, thank you so much, Charlene from Kentaro Handmade Organics, for being our guest today and for sharing your story with us. We'll see you again. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.